So, well, it would be it would be dope to just kind of talk about all the stuff that that you're kind of oh, I don't know me. trying to put together to figure it's in the creation stage. Yeah, it was interesting. I was telling Chris I was kind of nervous about what to talk about just because it is so it feels like I'm pulling it out of like the ether and trying to translate it into this thing but I guess to just like I can give you kind of the backstory of like how I got to this place and then uh, kind of go from there I so I have this kind of, I, I read this book and now of course I suddenly like can't think of it, but it was, it's a crazy kind of, uh, uh, oh, what is it? Behold a pale horse, right? I think so you're, you're, like, oh, there you go. Sorry, I, lo- I lost your video for just a second. I think. Uh, try to succinctly speak about this if possible. There we go. Okay. So as we have been going through this awakening process and doing all of this healing in terms of my own body and my own relationship with diet culture, my owning my history of past eating disorders and anorexia and really standing in the truth of that. And then also owning my own truth as I got older and realized I I wasn't happy, anorexic and thin. So I tried on the other end of the spectrum, which was to be obese and, you know, binge drinking, binge indulging on whatever level that looked like. And I feel like I went through the process of realizing that happiness didn't exist in either end of those spectrums tied to how I physically looked. I wasn't happy when I was thin. I wasn't happy when I was big. So happiness must be this external thing, yet we keep attaching it to particularly women. We keep attaching it to our bodies and and this ideal with what we think we're supposed to look like. So that's kind of been a running narrative. I'll kind of give like some of the pieces that came together. Also through this awakening process going through, I think everybody goes through a period where you like all of a sudden you feel like you totally understand what's going on in the world, what all the conspiracy theories are true. All of it is, and and you're just peeling the onion back. And in that, particular part of the process of the awakening process that phase I read a book called behold the pale horse which is kind of for anybody that's read it uh, I mean I definitely recommend it but it is heavy Um, and there was a piece in there where it was talking about uh, government systems all these kind of black box programs what we think of as like the cabal or um, 
and it was going into detail of like our food system and how that's been hijacked to poison us. It was talking about the education system and how that has been hijacked to condition us into this worker bee mentality so that we are, our energy is being siphoned off for you know, the powers that be. And then it also talked about the breakdown of the American family or a traditional family. I, the book was written by an American, so. Um, and it was talking about how you attack, in order to break down the family structure, how you attack different aspects of, you know, the man, the children, you get the children indoctrinated in schools and, and you, you know, you start separating them away from the family and get them in the military and, and kind of, funnel them off that direction and the man you you overwork him to the point and you convince him that he has to he you know he has to work 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 in order to provide this particular type of life for the family and then in the book it was taught and these were some like kind of declassified papers that were put into this book um and they were talking about the woman and how that the biggest hurdle to breaking down a family structure is the mother because of that, like that mother's love thing where you could go in and, you know, you could pull the car off of a child if you had to. And so they were, they were talking about how do you, how do you break the mother down? Because that could be the thing to thwart and keep the family together and keep the kids okay and the husband and all this. And it just like hit me as I was reading it, like, oh, you convince the woman that she's not good enough. You get her obsessed with losing weight, the idea of losing weight, the idea of this unsustainable image of how you should look or feel or be. You get her obsessed about that so that all of her energy, all of her powerful divine feminine force is tied up in this trivial thing that is unattainable. And it was just, when it hit me, I was like, just panned back and like, was like, oh no. Like, and that's what started, how do I, how do I help women be healthy and what that, means because on in the third dimensional perspective we have a physical body that needs physical things it needs nutrients it needs proteins it needs carbohydrates it needs water it needs rest it needs these very very base things that the diet industry has repackaged and reprogrammed a thousand different ways in order to convince the public that it's different than the other thing and to spend their money there but it really is how do I teach them these basic things so they can disconnect from the diet culture but then also how is it that we start to heal that that preoccupation all the things that we didn't heal and didn't look at and didn't process while we were so preoccupied with losing weight once you figure that piece out and you're just fueling your body and you're able to separate from what you're just able to separate from the the that just that voice that's continuously like 
pushing you to do this diet or that diet or cut, cut this out or just that compulsiveness. I think that we do that because we're not dealing with other emotions. Food, food becomes the security blanket. It becomes the, the band-aid on whatever we're feeling. So when you start to get that third dimensional piece more under control in terms of you, you know what the body physically needs, it, every diet would work if it was just an X's and O's like, oh, okay, this is what I need. Now I know what I need. Now I just go do it. But it isn't that way. So there is this vast emotional component that there needs to be some type of bridge. So there was one, uh, there was a night kind of recently where I was wrestling with the idea of fitness, being a fitness coach. And it felt very like part of the problem. It felt like I was selling something that was just ultimately just part of part of the issue, part of this diet culture. And all of the healing work that I've been doing in my own life and which I had used food, either the, the, either the not having it or the overindulging in it for so many years of my life to not look at these bigger issues. So when I, when I started to purge through those issues and, and become more, a more whole, complete, balanced person, I just realized that there was so much freedom in that and that really everyone everyone deserves to kind of settle into that place even though it's hard work it's very energetic um so that's an element and then the other piece is that i really i i get the the messages from my you know i don't know are we, are we calling them guides yet are we allowed to or is that can I just own that now? Vernacular is preferable to you. <laughs> the aliens that talk to me. I'm really discrediting myself now. <laughs> um, that we are, the body is beginning to change and to shift. And while I think big pockets of like the third dimensional existence are not ready to hear this particular piece of it, this is kind of a, a program that's just kind of looping in the background. And that is, that we are shifting. Like we're shifting away from factory farmed meats and these chemical laden products. Our, our physical bodies are beginning to reject that. It doesn't feel good. So part of tapping into the healing aspect is once you get the, the framework, oh, okay, my body needs proteins and carbs and sleep. It can't exist on, on you know candy bars alone. Once you get that ironed out, now you're left with this, I lost my freaking train of thought. This is a great podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please edit this out. Um, I don't know. You don't add. <laughs> uh, your the body is just shifting. Like we're entering into this. We need 
we need nutrition, we need fruits and vegetables and, and true foods that are not, not, they're not being sprayed with whatever pesticides and, you know, factory farming being just what it is. Like it's no longer going to energetically agree with our bodies as we continue to go through this ascension shift. Um, if you can look at the food on your plate as an access point to getting in touch with any unresolved traumas in your system, you, you heal that relationship, not only with your body and to the food, but also anything else that needed to be purged through. And food is a really good access point because typically we're using the food as a way to keep whatever those traumas are and those emotions are, we're trying to keep those at arm's length. And food is the way that we're doing it. We, instead of sitting in our emotions, we avoid it by eating or not eating and starving yourself. I feel like they're, so I've boiled it down to there being two types of people, essentially. Three types, three being, you know, the third one being the, the optimal balanced one. But you have the people that go through their life as the restrictive types. They can tell you how many calories are in everything that they're eating, their friends are eating, anything they walk by in the grocery store. They can tell you the carbs, the calories, the, everything about it. And it's always, if I can just eat less, if I can just eat less, if I can just control it more and control it more. And those people typically end up at a breaking point and, and having a binge. So it's then this, this cyclical door of, but they're hyper-focused on the food part and the controlling of that because there's this sense that they have so little control in other areas of their life. And that's too overwhelming to look at or to dig through. So it becomes, I'll just focus on this food because I can control this. And then it, it's, it just amplifies. It's like that kind of anxious attachment style to the food. You know, whereas we think of attachment styles happening in relationships, but I can pretty much guarantee that whatever your attachment style is to the food on your plate is the attachment style you're exhibiting in all of your relationships. So if you heal that particular piece, you're ultimately able to heal your, all of your relationships, the, the ones that are meant for you to keep, and also be able to heal your relationship with yourself. So that's the restrictor type. Then we have the indulgent type, which these are the people that are there. They want, they don't, they're not happy with it. See, the, I'm a restrictor type. So it's almost foreign for me to, to like speak to the other type, the indulger type. But I have, I have friends like this that they want to change how they look. They talk about dieting constantly. They talk about working out. They talk about it all, all the time, but their actions never line up with that. 
they're they if it's there they're having it they're indulging whatever it is uh, my example that I think of is um, I would go to Starbucks with a, a hairdresser co-worker of mine and she was always talking about losing weight she recently had weight loss surgery in fact uh, and this was years ago and she um, she, we would go and I would get, uh, you know, a, a skinny vanilla latte, you know, no whipped cream. Like, you know, it was 120 calories for the venti. Like I could still tell you that. Uh, and she would go in and she would get the, like the most decadent of, of frappuccinos, whatever, and a cake pop and like, just really indulging in the experience. And I, I asked her like, what's the disconnect? Like, I understand that you, this is a, this is an area you're working on. And she was very much like, you only live once, like, oh, I'll start later. So the idea of being on a diet for people that are in the, that are more indulgent are, it's more the idea of it. They exhibit their, their control over their environment by being numb to it. So if they, if they use food as that way to just take their mind off of the things that they can't process or can't work through and, and to be numb to those, that, that pain, food becomes their blanket. And that is its own attachment style. So I think when, when you have, if the people that are, are existing in these versions of reality neither is healthy and they're both they're they're both just a band-aid on the the deeper issue which is how do you get in your body how do you feel your feelings how do you get to a place where you can comfortably sit in the painful moments of your life and hold it and just be with those feelings, whether it's through, you know, journaling or meditating or, or just, you know, listening to music and, and dancing, just allowing whatever pain or sadness or trauma or joy or just anger, anything that comes into your being, how do we not reach for food as the knee jerk thing? So, I feel like that was kind of a jumbled thing, but yeah. Do you have any, do you have any questions? <laughs> no, that, I think that all, I think you laid it out very, very well and very concisely. And you know, something you said earlier um, that, that started kind of making me think about how if you can make a woman obsessed with losing weight and having a specific um, body image that they're trying to attain, that that almost puts everything else on the back burner and their emotions and their just existence and their relationship to themselves it all kind of goes away because they're focused on this one thing. And that that's a lot like um, like the hunter-gatherer societies and the eras that they lived in is they couldn't sit here and contemplate their existence because they had to eat, they had to survive. There was no room for any of these things to even consider. There was no room for technology or thinking. They just have to make it through the day with some kind of food so they don't die. So I think in, in that same way, 
a lot of women are put into that almost hunter gatherer survival mode where it's just like, I have to, I have to have this, I have to have this. And that takes up everything and it, and it consumes their energy. And then they're also giving so much to their family or their friends or to their job. One of those three things is usually you're giving all your energy to that. And, and then on top of that, you're overextending yourself with that obsession of having this body and whatever side of the spectrum that that falls into. So all, all closeness to oneself and, and knowingness of oneself is, is not even able to be started, you know, and that's something that, that actually, as, as you said that it kind of like clicked a few things in my head because I had been kind of struggling too with like the idea of fitness coaching, because I know that I'm not going to be satisfied just fitness coaching. I, I know that's never, I, I figured that out a while ago and, and I had to start like working through that of like, just helping people lose weight is not going to fulfill me. So then I was trying to figure out like, well, what is going to, but, but you kind of saying that makes me see it, see it's part a little bit more that, that you're taking care of a problem for this person, almost to show them that this is not the problem. Like they have to like, like almost everything in life you have to, you know, like, like the classic, uh, money doesn't buy happiness. And, but you, no one, really, you don't really believe that. And then you see the litany of testimonials from people who then achieve wealth of like, yeah, well, you know, I found out it doesn't buy happiness, but you had to have it to understand, be able to yeah. start moving past that. So I think in the same way, when you help women lose weight, you have to get them to that point. They'd be like, okay, now you see that there's a lot more things to unpack here. Yeah. And just the act of, of trying to be healthy, you know, you're not, you're trying to, I have people eat balanced, you know, the protein, carbs, the fat, no food is off limit. Tap into your body. What does your body want? What is it? What is it just on fire for? Is it, and it might be something that is quote unquote, not healthy, that we're getting rid of that good, bad. We're not attaching to food in this way that is just not serving us. We're just figuring out how our bodies feel from the inside to have a balanced energy in there. And when I, when you do that, so the other thing that's interesting that we have like women have this, and I use women just because that, that's, I'm most familiar with that. And I see that most often. Um, I'm sure that there are, are men that, that think about things in this way. So it's certainly not to discredit that. Um, there's a piece where this, the self-sabotaging piece that comes up for a lot of people and I think where that lives is that you, you have lost my train of thought. Sometimes I get nervous as I'm speaking and I like bounce out of the thought. <laughs> I have to like circle my way back. It's almost like if, 
if you take away the thing that they're focusing on, if you take away the, that, like that chase to lose weight, let's say they get to their goal weight or they get close to their goal weight. Once you take away, like that's the thing that's consuming all of their focus. And it can almost be like, a, oh, well, wait a minute. I'm not like, if I get to my goal weight, if I, if I become this person, then, then I'll be so exposed to the world. Like I won't have anything to keep chasing. I'll just be, it's, it's almost like having that vision and that dream of like the, the ideal and you as the ideal, like who you're going to be when you're at your goal weight, it's going to be this like amazing, you know, gorgeous woman, you know, perfect life, perfect job. And the chasing of that goal becomes, it takes on a life of its own. So that's where you see a lot of the yo-yo dieting, right? So people will get there, they realize it's not what they thought they're not the person they envisioned. They don't know how to get to that person. So then they, they, you know, fall self-sabotage, don't know why start eating, gain weight back so that they can keep repeating the cycle and they can keep having that thing to chase towards. And I think if we can heal that aspect and, and get comfortable sitting in our body, which I realize sounds so esoteric. I remember people, spiritual teachers telling me that or listening to it and, and being so irritated about what the heck does that mean? But there are very practical exercises to do just in, in your day-to-day -day little, just, you know, all you catch yourself, you think, and just kind of imagine, like, be your breath, feel your breath come in and feel just what, what's it feel like from the inside of your body. And just these little practices that you can do daily to start to train yourself to slow down, to be in the moment that you're in whether that is sitting down and enjoying the meal that you are going to eat, no distractions, bite by bite, enjoy every bite, be with the food in the moment, you're going to be able to hear your body say, I'm full, or I want something else. If you, you, you start to just kind of be present with yourself, and everything else starts to starts to free you of that chase of and when that way when you get to your goal weight you've spent enough time in the present moment loving who you actually are that when the weight comes off because it no longer serves a purpose for you you're able to sit in that space and enjoy it. You haven't glorified it. You haven't put it on a pedestal just to continue to have something to focus on. Because if you stopped focusing on your weight, you'd have to look at these other things. And so while we're figuring out how to be present and we're figuring out how to, how to eat the foods that our body needs, then we're, we're healing these different aspects just in this day-to-day -day practice of of, and, and yeah, mindfulness, it's, it's these things that sound so, so in the ether, but 
so that's my that's what I'm doing is coming up with with foundational ways that things that people can do day to day little exercises little little ways of being with themselves and then providing support as things come up um having a somatic therapist be accessible to them, having these different alternative therapies, uh, sound healing, uh, intuitive coaching, having these other elements there so that as people are coming through and, and recognizing or having different experiences, just simply because now they're present in their body, that there are base, there's, there's ways to, to help them integrate what that experience is yeah you had like i was thinking you know if you, you have like kind of two sides of something where say someone's trying to lose however much weight and and they're coming at it from a perspective of like um they want to achieve this goal because they want to feel good they think that will make them feel good if they lose weight and then you have the other side of that of maybe someone who, who is like a, kind of a healthy spot and they love themselves and they want to lose weight because they just want to be healthy. But they're already kind of in that um, loving themselves place. How do you take the first person into the second person? How do you like, because they're going for the same goal. So like this person's going to continue trying to lose 30 pounds or 50 pounds or whatever it is. And so that never changes. How do you help them reshape that perspective would go from like the first person to the second one. So how to have them go from being in that revolving door to somebody that's just doing the thing, losing the weight and being done. Is that how, yeah. you how do you reshape it? Because they are going after the exact same thing. So it's like yeah. kind of a challenge to be like, I know you're pursuing the same goal, but I want you to, to do that in a different manner what what would you start someone like that like what do you think would help someone like that so what i've been doing is everybody needs a general baseline education of how to fuel their body most people come to me that are their diets are just all over the place and they don't really know what it's missing typically you're missing protein doesn't have to be animal protein. It just protein. Um, so once we get their numbers balanced out, a lot of them come to me and they're not eating enough. They're the restrictors and they have gotten themselves to where they're eating, you know, 1300 calories and they still have 80 pounds to lose. What are they going to do? So when they pretty everybody, I, start the traditional way. These are your macros. Here's recipe guides and discussions on how to increase the protein, how to balance this. A lot of discussions and calls when we do our, our team calls of why protein. It, it's the thing that balances the energy in your body. It, it, it's the thing that rebuilds and it's the missing link for so many people. So once they start and are 
going through that process and doing the weekly check-ins and showing up for the calls. And then I, I try to really kind of gauge and be very like, you know, reaching out, texting or calling, especially if I start to notice just, um, like a lot of times I can tap into the energy just by thinking about them. And so once I, I I can kind of get those little hits to my intuitive sense of like, oh, this person, I need to reach out to this person, make sure they're doing okay. Um, And then it really starts to, you know, everybody, everybody hits the ground running typically those first couple of weeks. And then, and then the wheels start to fall off for some of the people that are, because now they've done this day-to-day thing that's bringing about these emotional charges because they can't use food to escape because now they're trying to do this thing and they really want to do this thing. And why is this thing so hard? Why is, and just tracking macros and working out and just, it's so much. And it, and then, and this, the slipping starts to happen and the, the sabotage starts to creep in or, you know, check-ins get later or these different cues that set me off that, this person needs a different type of attention. Um, so from that point, this is this is a, a piece that's evolving still. What I've been doing is at that point, we start journaling more, meditating more, just not necessarily strict sit down, but just when you all of a sudden find yourself in a binge and Cause it's almost like that, you know, highway amnesia, all of a sudden people are just like, I don't know. All of a sudden I was just like eating everything in my refrigerator. Okay. When you are able to realize that you're in the throes of that, or maybe you're able to realize that you're thinking about that, whatever it is, whenever you become conscious of your thoughts around food in a manner that is, does not align with how you want to be treating your body you stop and just seven deep breaths right there in out count it in on the one out on the one in on the two and just how does it feel in your stomach now where does that hunger coming from where does that need your what is it that needs fed that's saying go binge on chocolate right now where is that in your body can you find it and, and then journaling. And then if you find that, how did you feel after the binge then? How did you feel before it? how did you feel during it? Like, what are your feelings really that you're experiencing and how is your body experiencing it? Was there something that happened in your day that set you off to want to binge? Okay, is it maybe, uh, you know, your partner came home from work and was in a bad mood and you didn't get to feel seen and heard for your experience in your day because they're in a bad mood and you're upset because you're so intertwined emotionally that now you have to take on his bad mood or you know, his or her Um we can look at that. Those are, there's, those triggers are cues for what's going on. And it seems overwhelming initially, but once you start to just a little bit of awareness, a little bit of present being in, in your body in the now moment, a little bit of that starts to peel away that onion very quickly. And then you're, 
as it relates to weight loss, then you're, you're working your way to a place of that kind of like that first person you, you were saying, the person that is just like, oh, I just need, you know, need the details cleaned up and I have no problem following this plan because I've sorted through all the things that I need to sort through. And, you know, we're taking the, the person that is so emotionally disconnected and using food as a, as a blanket and we're trying to get them to the person that can just kind of on autopilot go like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is not an attachment for me. I deal with my emotions over here. I feed and nourish myself over here. They don't need to co-mingle as that much. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, I think all of that, you know, I think that's a very new thing too, to like examine where it's coming from. And, you know, that's something too that, that I even feel like like I should use, or at least, especially in the past, use more. And like probably, I don't know if it was like maybe five years ago or something like that, when I went on like a long diet, I I would get into this stage where I would, I would, I was just like losing my mind. And then I would start binging on food. And I would just like kind of know I was doing it, but I couldn't like it was almost like it was like a compulsion that I almost couldn't stop myself. And I would do like the little tricks of like, you have a bite of this and you don't track it. Cause it's like, such a little amount of calories that you don't need to track it. Right. Like you, it's not, not really much point. And then you, just, you go through these whole things. And, and, you know, I never at the time, I was not even, I guess, aware that, that the binging was coming from something else and that it wasn't just, the, the diet restrictive mode, because now, now I feel like now that I've just kind of, as a consequence, now that I've done a lot of the things you're talking about and, and began to like repair my relationship with myself, like I, I can diet without any effort at all. Like there's no, like I can just lose weight whenever I want to, or, or gain weight because, because I've done that work. So I don't have like the, the drivers that I used to, the, uh, the motivations that I used to. So, I mean, like all the things you're saying are like things that all of a sudden I think you've done. And then, and then that I've done that you start realizing as you kind of look at it and you start seeing that whole picture. I don't even know if like, were you even aware that you were doing all these things or was it just like, you were just kind of like interested in this little piece and you started doing it. And then all of a sudden it just all came together. Like, did you even think about it? Yeah. Like, we're doing all the different little pieces no. to you know, everything. No. And I feel like my, my relationship with food story has been so much of my life. And so, you know, from having my mouth wired shut when I was 14 to, you know, becoming aware of my weight and then being, you know, very thin. And then it, all the, the attachment to then uh, attention from boys. And the, it just, it, food has been this like piece. And I have always been restrict and then binge, restrict and binge. And then I was, just, I got real stoned one day recently. <laughs> uh, on the couch, Chris had fallen asleep and I was kind of wrestling with this fitness coaching thing. And I, the kids were at 
grandmas and I was like man I am we're figuring this out and I communicate with my my guides pretty much constantly um so I was just like we're we're doing this we're figuring this out like I'm done with this like whatever this anxious feeling and whatever this is and I got real stoned and it was like it just and it was all the pieces and it was like how to do it and then from that point all of the anybody that's ever written a book that is even remotely related to what I'm doing has like popped up on my radar and every podcast like it's all the synchronicities are just like and information 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 to to take and then like build this thing the other side of it which this is like the the more esoteric side is that our human bodies are changing they're shifting our cells are changing our dna is shifting and the things that we we're becoming more intuitive whether you're consciously aware of that or not becoming more intuitive we're coming online and the body what the body that is online needs is very specific it needs fresh fruit veggies uh i mean it de- kind of depends on on if how well you handle meat it has to be organic or fish or uh and your body's going to tell you that and it's not going to run optimally if you're not giving it what it needs now this is you know where this is just evolutionarily you know this is coming at some point different people are hitting that point at different points I am recently gone plant-based because of that very reason um because I listened to my body I tapped in and it was like feed me oranges all day and for the moment okay that's what we're doing and I feel great I feel like I mean I'm just listening to what my body wants and sometimes it tells me to eat you know peanut M&M's um (laughs) and I (laughs) And I listen to it and I enjoy it. I take the bite. I sit in in a space. I make it, I make it mine. I enjoy every bit of that, those peanut M&Ms until my body says we're done. And I go, okay. And we're done. And that's the, that's the goal, right? That's the ideal. Now I've been working on this for 25 years right like my relationship with food and so to dial it in and dial it in and dial it in and get to this place is you know that's not an overnight thing necessarily for people but as a coach my job is to be at the place that I'm at and be able to understand where you are in your journey And you may not be at the place where you're like worried about ascension and this, that, and the other. That's fine. You don't have to be that. Your your body will tell you when you're there. But there is is a way to, to fuel and honor your body. And what we've typically been doing in American culture is not 
honoring and loving our bodies. And so to be able to hold that space for somebody else and to not act as a like, do it this way, do it that way. Everybody's different. And really it's for you to find the way that works for you. It's just, it's for me to offer you the accountability and the knowledge and the space to explore within yourself, what that look, what health looks like for you, what loving and honoring your body looks like for you. I'm creating the container for you to do the exploration within yourself. I, yeah, I think that, I think that this will eventually become like the, the next level of fitness and then the next level of coaching where, you know, like 15 years ago, like the level up was people who coaches who just told people to eat chicken breasts and brown rice. And then the level up was people who really understand macros and reverse dieting. That was like, that was the next thing of like the really good coaches understand how to do this. And I think, I think that this will be the next level up and it might take another 10 or 15 years farther ahead to, to get to that point. But I, I think that this is going to be where it is. And I think this is what people are really going to start needing and, and, you know, this may only resonate with a handful of people right now, but, but if there is, but if there, if there is like someone, if someone who's like, likes this out of, you know, the 10 people who watch it is interested in where, where would like, they would be best to like contact you if they wanted to hear more about it. Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram at Kristen Hansen fitness. Um, yeah, that's probably the easiest. I'm on Facebook. I have an open community on Facebook called Sheer Fitness Open Community. It's about to get a rename, but uh, everything's kind of getting rebranded and renamed at the moment. Um, my content on Instagram is probably most, because um, really I'm just putting my thoughts, experiences, and how I interpret the world there. Um, so that's kind of evolved quicker with this shift into like more, um, more intentionalized coaching. So yeah, go find that's me there. Well, <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for doing the podcast too. I was pretty, pretty excited about all this. Yeah, I uh, will have to talk more um, off the podcast. But um, yeah, very excited about yeah. The whole thing a little overwhelming i'm not really sure how to really put it all together in like a, a you know way that makes sense in the third dimension but it's coming yeah that's uh i think that's a uh, it's a wrap <laughs>